Pints and Pies Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Pints and Pies Podcast. Pints and Pies. I'm going to harden my heart. I'm gonna swallow my tears. I'm gonna turn and leave you here. Oh, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. You know why I sang that song. You all know. If you don't, I'll explain it later. Don't worry. I'm Universe yeah. Hal Champion Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Dan Dan Bigelow, Daniel Radford. Love it. I loved your work with Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> it's a great main event. Yeah, just fantastic. I think that we really, uh, we really gave the fans what they were looking for. You should be. You should be. How's uh, how's your February going? February. February? Um, you know, February. 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 <laughs> I mean, I had COVID, so that was something. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. I sure did. I had a lot of COVID, um, and now I don't, and so that's dope. And so- <laughs> How many units of COVID did you have? All of them, I think. Oh, you had every unit of COVID. Wow. Yeah, I think I had all of them. Ooh, yeah. Woof. Yeah. It was pretty gnarly. Like I said, like there's nothing more disrespectful on those at-home tests when you take it, and it's immediately like, oh, yeah, you have fucking COVID. Like, it's not even like- <laughs> It just immediately, like, the COVID line comes up, and it's like, wow, that's really like, you didn't even want to give me the whole 15 minutes, just right in there. <laughs> all right, buddy. Okay. It caught fire. Yeah. <laughs> Like instantly, um. But yeah, other than that, like uh, uh, looking up, it's been very busy. As of the time that this comes out, I will be starting a new TTRPG through Hyper RPG, which I believe is going to be on AMC's Fear Network on Twitch. Mm-hmm. You can find the info. Next week is going to be amazingly busy, and then things are going to like start to get back to kind of a normal thing. I think. I love it. You know. There's a lot going on in AEW. Danielle, before we we jump into AEW, which I want to yes. talk about, it was a very good show. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the concept of the Forbidden Door? Oh, good Lord. So my understanding of the Forbidden Door is it's the idea that like once you're yes, signed contract to one company that says that you are exclusive, that means you don't show up. To another company and that's kind of like when those things happen that's what's known as going through the forbidden door that's the generally agreed upon definition that's what i thought. now do you think yeah. you could explain that to tony khan no don't have enough hours not enough time in my day Fair enough. busy 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 lass i understand the need to hype things up that was not the way to do it and if anything it's like we were already the idea that Keith Lee might show up was already something that got so many of us so hype that when you push it that far and Mm -hmm. it becomes something that it isn't and it becomes disingenuous, then you are creating an expectation that you are not planning to fulfill. And that's look, it's dangerous when you're at work. Mm Um, you got to make sure that you're uh, you're setting appropriate expectations. It's dangerous (laughs) for a TV show. I don't think that he needed to hype it at all. Everybody, literally, literally everyone was like, Keith Lee's time's up. Keith Lee's showing up. We're going to watch it because Keith Lee's going to be there. And so for him to go on that like forbidden door tweet and like, oh, it's going to be like a big thing. And it's like, well, 
our expe- our expectations were already set. So now you're making it sound like it's going to be something that it's not going to be. And it's inevitably going to lead to disappointment when you were already in for it to be like a huge show that had everybody psyched and everybody surprised because everybody was. And so like you literally popped your mm-hmm. own balloon, like you deflated your own, like you are your own Hindenburg, like you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. Don't be your own Hindenburg. That's the real lesson here. If we could leave you with one thought. One theme for this, it's don't be your mm-hmm. own Hindenburg. However, Keith Lee did show up and had a wonderful match. He moves on to, was it the, the face of AEW ladder match? Isn't that what they're calling it? Face of the revolution. There you go. Face of the Thank revolution. You, Thank you, Julian. I thought that that was booked so perfectly. That is exactly how you do it. You have him come in. You have him look as amazing as he always looks. Kick the fucking door down. Not the forbidden door. Just a door. Like, kick the fucking door down. Come in. Beat some ass. Look amazing. Look strong. Keith Lee is exactly what that company needs. And so I'm very excited to see where this goes. Give him everything. I'm ready for it. Is it the sound mixing or is it me, the volume level was I was listening to it? That it seems like I I uh, I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick. It's just something I notice. And I can't get it out of my head. That it seems like he well, didn't because you work in sound. Yeah, you're like, like a... a decent pop, but not like a. It wasn't like a. I thought that the pop was pretty big. I know he's not going to get CM Punk's pop, but for the number of people who've been talking about it on AEW Twitter. You would have imagined that the roof would blow off the place as soon as he walked in. And see, and again, I think that that's what happens when you set that weird expectation of a forbidden door, forbidden door, forbidden door. I was talking about it with people when when that came up. I was like, they're not going to do something wild, right? Like something, because I was like, you know, if there's ever going to be anyone who could challenge some of these independent contracts that are being signed by like the WWE and other places, um, specifically the WWE, let's be real. If there was anyone who was able to actually like push back against that it wouldn't be the cons and so i think that had a lot of people this idea of like ooh, what if it was this person or ooh, what if it was that person like you know ooh, what if he you know bought out ollie's contract like all these things where it's like it was probably never going to happen but it sets this wild speculation so then when it just and just in the biggest quotes i could ever like you can't imagine how big the quotation marks the air quotes i'm doing it right now when it just winds up being keith lee which is like already this amazing thing that we were all expecting to happen it's like oh well cool the thing that i was expecting to happen happened i'm really excited about it but what about this other huge thing and like all the stuff you've been hyping and it's like should have just left it alone man because i think that he would have gotten a even because he did, he, he got a good pop. Like I'm not even gonna like I I he got a good pop. Yeah, he he got a, a fine. I think pop. it would have been a little bit bigger had again it, it had Tony not like completely flubbed this. It, it was flubbed. Yeah, and again everything else was great. Everything else they did it exactly right, exactly perfect. It was literally just that one fucking tweet. Let's talk about the inner circle. Okay, the segment with the inner circle. With Jericho and Santana Ortiz going back and forth. They're all very good on the mic. Santana and Ortiz are wonderful on yeah. the mic. Jericho is Jericho. I'm watching it and thinking, they should have broken this group up when they lost to the Pinnacle. It feels like a band that that is still playing gigs even though they broke up two years ago. <laughs> so people are like, why are they still... That person has a solo album and those other two are working on a project together. Right. Why am I watching? Why is the matching vests like any of it? It feels like it's over and should be over already. And all of those people are talented enough, except maybe Jake Hager, (laughs) which is not, I'm saying not talented. It just, he hasn't really had anything to do in the time he's been there, except stand there. Yeah, he mostly just stands there. And be in group matches. Mm -hmm. 
Like they could all be doing their own things. There's plenty out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't feel like being in that faction is serving any of them anymore. I, I understand why it's Mm-mm. like, you know, it's it's fun, you know, like it's fun enough. But for me, like I've never I have never been like super into the inner circle. Like I think that like for me, it was really the Jericho MJF dynamic. And then once you change that when that goes away for me every you know it's basically like there's jericho and mjf and the rest you know what i mean and like that's not like necessarily fair Mm -hmm. but that is how it felt a lot of those dudes are incredibly talented and i don't know if the inner circle is really serving anyone anymore yeah i think that's the issue and i don't think it has for a while that whole feud went on maybe a match or two longer than it needed to (laughs) meanwhile the pinnacle is way more fun to Mm. watch especially mjf's celebration at the beginning of the show for having defeated CM Punk twice and the the way they are playing the Wardlow storyline is perfect that he just keeps getting disrespected and disrespected right. and then he takes it out on whoever he wrestles in his squash match that week really good storytelling first of all i beat you all by myself in chicago oh, really you all know it you hear him wardlow you hear him Hold on, and second of all, second of all, Wardlow, Wardlow hangs around us, not just because he's under contract with me, but because he's our best friend. Everybody knows that. I find that story currently more interesting than whatever, like, the again, the inner circle, they're all really talented, but it just isn't like, it, it's not, it feels like it's one of those factions where it's like, well... We know we're going to have something for this at some point, so we don't want to break it up because we still have ideas. But right now, they're kind of like in a a rebuilding period, as one would say if they liked sports, real sports. (laughs) Uh, We did have two women's matches. Yes. uh, Including Jade Cargill defending her TBS championship against AQA in a match that, that our producer noted the crowd was mostly sitting on their hands for. Also, it felt like a lot of that match happened in the commercial break. That screen and screen, I can't take it. The Sammy Guevara, they they do a screen and screen, a picture and picture, when he's doing the the Love Actually signs, so you can't read the signs well, or you have to concentrate. You're like, all right, I'm trying to read it. Little Caesars is offering five pizzas for the price of four pizzas, stuffed with meat. Uh, stuffed me with meat. Um, for why did I say that? <laughs> so first of all, um, it's the COVID. It's the COVID. It's post COVID. It, it's like my spring awakening. So. My thing with the picture in picture is I think that you've got to look at it when other companies have a match going on during the commercial break. They put something there that's like, it's fun for like the people watching, but it's not like something that you need to be paying attention to. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, like these great fun things for the people who are like actually in person watching it, but it's okay that it's not on TV. And so I think that that it has long kind of been my thing with the picture in picture where it's like, you know, like uh, uh, this is a great time for people to rest. And then that that also says, mm-hmm. well, why do the picture in picture? But it's like, well, if I can't see what's happening anyway, because it's like the size of, you know, one of those fucking Brady Bunch zoom screens, then what's the point of having it on there? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, commercial breaks used to be a fun time when you're in, in arena. Where they, yes. they would play out little skits, 
during that yes. time and then go back to wherever they were. These great little like three minute plays that didn't affect the outcome of the match, but that you got to enjoy as a as special part of being there. It's like a little piece of a house show, which like that's why I always loved house shows, because house shows you get to see stuff that like either you're going to get to see like that they're practicing for something. You get to see people trying out new moves or it would just be like those little fun things that would never make it to TV. But you can tell they're having a really fucking good time doing it. Yeah. Now I have to watch people give each other headlocks while Joe Namath tells me that this is the perfect time to get a reverse mortgage. It is, though. It is the perfect time. And with every reverse mortgage comes a stuffed crust pizza from Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. Trust the little Italian on the box. This thing's loaded with meat. Speaking of loaded with meat and reversals, JR. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Blue Chew's here. Speaking of, of meat... Adam Page retained his title. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's a meaty dude, right? A hunk of, hunk I mean, of beef. they're all meaty, you know. Like slab it's of beef. All, all big, all. I don't know. Slabs of beef. Yeah. Slab. He's a good-looking young man. Slab mm-hmm. of beef. That's what I say now. Adam Cole is probably the next challenger to that title. Love it. Um, I really like it. I think that's great. I love him and Page together. They have great chemistry. Obviously, like, you know, they're all buds. They're all part of the bud league. Uh, uh, This is one of those ones where I love, I love, I love it on Hangman. But I, you know, gotta say, be really delightful to see it on Cole. Really, really fucking delightful. Julian recently on Twitter has been saying something that I agree with, which is that Adam Page's title run has been sort of unremarkable, even though he's had good matches. Mm-hmm. There's just something missing. I think part of it is the fact that the title, the storyline between the two guys was more important than the title was with him and Omega. Hmm. Felt more like I'm going to I'm gonna beat you rather than I want this prestigious belt because the belt's not, doesn't have that prestige yet. Right. It doesn't. When it was on Omega, it was there with like 28 other world title belts. Yeah, that makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. You can put it on great people. I can't tell if they're going to give him a title run and let him really make that title because I think he's a guy who could make that title. Or if they're trying to build up Paige, which which is great for Paige and he deserves it. Great worker, great all around, like super MVP kind of guy. It's not to say nothing for him, but... He's not a guy who makes a title. He's a guy for whom the title can help to elevate him. A guy like Jericho can help make a title. And Jericho did start to do that work for sure. Well, and that's just the way that any championship is. Like that that's that goes, you know, I I could start a junior cat petting league tomorrow. Ooh. And we could have a title, but it doesn't like mean anything. Until we've been doing like the cat petting championships for like 10 years. And then it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, at some point someone started an air guitar league and it didn't mean anything. And then now like it actually kind of like I know people who use it as like a credit. Well, you know? uh, yeah, I just I'm curious to see where they go with this. I think they're just going to keep feeding him people. I think that's what's happening is they're just continually feeding him opponents to to strengthen him up and to really get his his title reign going. Right. And it might be one of those things where, like, they keep it on him until Omega is, you know, comes out of his cryogenic chamber or whatever it is that he's at while he heals. <laughs> and I do. I love Hangman. I think that Cole is, like, makes 100% sense to put that on Cole. Absolutely. Do you want to address the the statement put out by Karoshida in her interview recently? 
Yeah, yeah. There was like a section of it that was going around. That's so I want to preface this by saying that like I haven't seen or read or heard or whatever the entire interview. I read like a section of it. But yeah, so there's a, a part of it where Sheeta says that, you know, it's um because of the kind of company that AEW is, they're not necessarily the kind of company that's going to help you like find housing or like help with like a lot of like the paperworky stuff. That's kind of my understanding, right? Like it's really a kind of like when it comes to that kind of stuff, they do expect you to be able to do a lot of that on your own, which is, you know, I, again, I haven't like read a bunch on it and I don't know how much um, guidance that some international wrestlers are looking for when it comes to that. I do think that if you are bringing folks over from other countries, it would be nice to have some kind of like uh, a person, lawyer, probably um, someone who uh, can kind of help guide people through these channels so that they're not trying to like wing it on their own. And you look, everybody here, this isn't to like infantilize anyone. Everyone here is a grown ass person, but that stuff is really, really, really difficult to navigate while also, you know, trying to be on TV, have a career. And again, if you're the women's champion, like your job is to represent the company. So maybe, you know, a little bit of help might be cool. There are times where AEW feels like, oh, somebody who is a billionaire can finally create a product and go toe to toe with the McMahon family. Right. Cause that's what you need. You need a billion dollars to run a company like this. And, and it, it shows in some of the stuff they do. There are other times where it feels like a bunch of, a bunch of bros who decided to start a house painting company. And then seven months in one of them's like, what's an LLC. It's just this loose conglomeration. This, these like floating tied together islands of things that would make a business. You can get away with a lot when you say, well, they're only here once a week. It's not our responsibility. This is an opportunity, right? Yeah. It's, not a, it's opportunity, not an obligation on our part. And that, and that's not wrong. That is fair. Like it, it, it isn't like, again, like I don't want to infantilize anyone. Like you are grown ass people and there are all of these other things that you have to consider. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you got the billion dollars, you know, carve off a chunk of it and be like, hey, here's like this person that we have that is able to assist you with these things. Hey, we've set up like this this uh, uh, slack for people who are looking for roommates <laughs> or who are looking for other things. Even just something like that, like that, something like that goes so far to like helping other people. Why are you laughing at me? You're slack at to me. the rescue. Slack to the rescue, baby. We love our slack. Uh, let's move on to another company that does not seem to pay for the lodging or transportation of their under well, contract. Not that talent. it doesn't seem to; like they definitely don't. Yeah, WWE <laughs> uh, looks like WrestleMania could be a winner-take-all match between Roman and Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And who is the right person to combine those titles? I think it's Roman. As great as Brock is right now, do we really need another year of him coming down from the mountain every no. couple months? Which is his no. right. Again, this is no blame on Brock. He's doing, I think, the best work of his career right now. This was the agreement. And if they agreed to that, then that's what they fucking agreed to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, will creative do this? Not, right. uh, I feel like there's a lot of like, oh, good, here comes Brock again. He's going to do this. Brock's fault. He signs a contract. He comes in and whatever they decide for him to do, that's what he's going to do. Whether he has some input or not, he doesn't make the decision. Yeah, you do it too. <laughs> and then go back and hang out with your cows yeah. and your hot wife. 100% I would. 
But but it, from a booking standpoint, if I give you the book, who do you have out of the two of them carry two titles and combine them? Roman. I would do that. Without too. even a question. Because again, like it's got to, if you're going to make this huge move to combine the titles, it's bad enough when we only have, like when the person who is only holding one title isn't around very often to not even necessarily to like fight over it, but just to like be, again, like the rep, like you are representing the company. You should probably be around in the company if you're going to do that. And so to do that with a combined title or two titles or however they're going to planning on doing it, a title mm-hmm. on each shoulder, need the shoulders on your TV, you know? I agree with you. I think we've, Move beyond the point of the never there champion. No, not right now. Ronda Rousey is officially taking on Charlotte WrestleMania, which in my estimation leaves as the obvious other WrestleMania match to be Becky versus Bianca Belair. Want it? Is there anybody else who you'd want to see in that spot? Or who else would you be okay with seeing in that spot? Okay. Would you be like, oh, this is, would love to see this person be the person who takes the title off of her. You would assume that might happen. Yeah. If this was, hmm. I want to see this, but if it didn't already, like if, if the seeds hadn't already been sown, it's not going to happen. I, I would have loved to have had, if, you know, it depends on health, have Bailey come in during the Rumble and then have a Bailey versus Becky fight. I think that would have been really interesting. Sasha's obviously always a component when she mm-hmm. doesn't break her little bird bones. Becky versus Belair, I will take it every fucking day, twice on Sunday. Yeah, I will too. Mm-hmm. I also wouldn't mind seeing Liv Morgan get another shot. I don't know. Mm. She's not ready for WrestleMania yet. She's not ready for WrestleMania. But I wouldn't but, mind seeing her. She'd be a good Money in the Bank winner over the summer. Oh, she would be such a good Money in the Bank winner. That I definitely would love to see. That would be fantastic. We also have uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens <laughs> joining forces. <laughs> I love the work that both of them are doing right now. Oh, That's so a great, good. like, uh, it's great to have two obnoxious heels together. Yes. And they, the last thing they did it with Kevin Owens was... was I thought that I really, really enjoyed, and not the Jericho stuff, was, which I also enjoyed, is him and Sami Zayn, when they were both heels yes. together. Yes. That was such a fun little run that they did. That was the return of Daniel Bryan, too. That was his yep. return to WrestleMania teaming with Shane McMahon. We weren't going to be here tonight. We weren't going to come because we knew Shane McMahon certainly wasn't going to be here. So what was the point? But then Daniel Bryan gets to return to in-ring competition? Guys, you know I was here in your corner to run this show, and you guys still assaulted your boss. Both Seth and Kevin Owens, you can put them with anyone and it's going to be a really good time. But Kevin Owens especially, you could slot him in anywhere. You know, back when he was doing the indies, he would come out and he would be the third buck. Or he's come out and he's been the third or fourth member of New Day sometimes, you know. I'm going to say this. And people are going to bite my titties off for it. Uh-oh. He's like Owen Hart in that way. You can just like throw him anywhere. I get it. I get the comparison. That's get the a, comparison. That is high praise. And I, I don't disagree with you. Whatever the gimmick is, like he he just like makes it work. And like, yeah, in that way, like it very much reminds me of, of Owen Hart where you can just like put him anywhere. Plus also just like good guys, big hearts. I want to talk briefly about NXT, but I also want you to imagine the opening credits. Uh-huh. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then this is the music that plays instead of whatever the music they have now. Ready? Mm-hmm. The world is a carousel of color. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful color. Why do you or or um, Professor Von Drake doing red, yellow, green, red, blue, 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 red, orange, red, 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 red,
<laughs> oh, you made me cough up my <laughs> Anyway. Disgusting. <laughs> the color guard were back on Tuesday night, and Dolph Ziggler is now on NXT, has his sights set on Braun Breaker's title. That's and right. And maybe have a match with the Blackheart, which is also a color. Get your uh, get your paint guns ready, baby. <laughs> is it Splat? Is that the Nintendo game? <laughs> Splatoon. 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 I think is what yes, I'm thinking of. Yes, it's Splatoon, but wrestling. Splatoon, but make it wrestling. What do you think about Dolph Ziggler coming back? This feels like it when before when it was the black and gold when someone would come back. That was a bigger deal. Like Finn Balor returning, he had a really great run there. But now with the new focus, does it feel more like a demotion to you to have a guy like Dolph Ziggler come back to what is what is now clearly been established? This is the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, which is fine. And it always like it 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 always had been, and then it became its own thing where that became part of the brand, and it was like this third brand. Um, but yeah, this doesn't have the same punch as NXT had over the last like three years. Obviously, we know why that is. I like Dolph mm-hmm. getting TV time. I like the idea of him having a run of some kind that might actually mean something. That would be nice. It's been a minute, right? Where he's had like a run for like something yes. that means something. It's time. It's funny because every time Dolph gets like another one of these runs, gosh, what, every four years maybe, where he really gets like a run at a title or something like that, or like gets to do something important, like when he was like the last Survivor at Survivor Series, things like that. It always makes me wonder if this is like Dolph's last run, you know? I don't think it ever will be, (laughs) but it is one of those ones where every time it happens, it's like, is he going to like go off into the sunset and just be a comedian? But it's also like, well, with the world as it is right now, I couldn't imagine quitting my job. You know, he's like a good pot of chili, you know, like it's uh, a you could put it, you can freeze it, put it in the back of the freezer. And then whenever you need it, you take it out, you heat it back up and it's still delicious because it's fucking chili. Chili's Mm. chili's dope. If you've got any thoughts on the week in wrestling, we'll have an episode thread in our Facebook group where you can discuss it with the rest of the nation of conversation. Plus, you can read more of what we thought on Twitter and Instagram. Really, it's what Julian thought. When we come back, how wrestling can help you cope with trauma. That's next on Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard. And we have no advice, but we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. <laughs> Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, yeah. honk if you did it? That's what it I was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we not ever make this? those? We did make them. I did think they're make? still in the Max Fun store. <laughs> honk, honk. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Hong Kong. Toot toot. Tice and Bites Podcast. Tice and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. A few weeks ago, we asked you for stories about wrestlers that had a big impact in your life. 
And now we're happy to share the first story in our My Special Wrestler segment from our listener, Eric. Hey, Tights and Fights. My name is Eric Mazolik, and I kind of want to do a share with you guys how my son became a pro wrestling fan. In the very early morning hours of Saturday, August 13th, our son was in a van with his grandmother and others, and it was shot up by a man being chased by the police. Per the detective I had talked to a couple days later, it was no less than a miracle that he wasn't dead. Most of the bullets sailed right through the seat that he was in. I was really legit worried about how about long-term trauma and how best to help him both mentally and emotionally. I think by the end of that first week, out of some desperate measure to try to help him take his mind off of the shitty thing that happened, I put on SmackDown. I just needed something to wow him enough to mentally give him a breather. And welcome to Friday Night SmackDown! He spent the next three weeks, the last three weeks of his summer break, watching any bit of wrestling he could. Raw and SmackDown became family time, and we really, truly relished it. We all had our favorites, Kevin Owens definitely being one of them. Heel Kevin is still the best Kevin, by the way. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. I'm not his best friend now, and I was never his best friend. In April uh, 2020, he celebrated his 14th birthday. Naturally, the pandemic put a damper on celebrating, so I figured I'd do a shout-out on Twitter to some of his favorite wrestlers. Luckily, Amiya Yemen, Kevin Owens replied. Kevin being a favorite, I replied back to that if he was interested, he could PM me so I could explain my son's unique story. And sure enough, within an hour, he messaged me. I word vomited the whole thing that I've told you guys. And uh, he replied back and said, so glad he's okay. Thanks for uh, telling me a story and hope you guys, you know, make it through the pandemic or something like that. So flash forward another year. I did the same thing on Twitter, asked for a shout out from uh, various wrestlers for my son's birthday. I got a couple likes, I got a couple happy birthdays, but what Kevin did was uh, within half hour, I got a video that he PM'd me for my son, wishing him a happy birthday, told me he hoped he was doing well and staying safe and was doing well in school. It was a really nice, touching, about a minute long video that he sent completely unsolicited. When I look in the mirror, every single time, I see exactly what I am, exactly who I am. And that's the person that my father, my mother, my wife, my kids, my grandfather, my grandmother, my entire family would be proud of. I am always forever grateful that we have this opportunity to share with him. And wrestling always reminds me of that. And it's really become positive family time. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. it. Even putting the Kevin Owens of it all aside for a moment, which is mm-hmm. wonderful and a great connection to have with a wrestler. Yeah. I think we we all have times in our lives where something we experience some form of trauma, maybe right. not as extreme as, as Eric's son went through, but nonetheless, something that affects us in a deep way. And when you're drowning in in those emotions, 
you never know the ring that's tossed to you is going to be, what you're going to hold on to that keeps you afloat, that pulls you out of it, that helps distract you or inspire you. Yeah, no, like I can't even, obviously, like I can't imagine going through uh, trauma like that, especially like as a kid. Are you fucking kidding me? So yeah, being able to have like this bright, shiny thing to like get into and get involved with to like take your mind off of your problems and just again like makes it so that you do have time to appreciate and enjoy and spend family time and that this could become such a like family activity amazing like so good thank you so much for sharing that with us eric that's a very special thing not only for you to have together but that that's something that was able to to help mm-hmm. do you find that wrestling is something that you turn to in those moments? And if not, what what is something else or what is something that you connect with on that level? Well, so wrestling has like, since even though, even when I've taken breaks, wrestling has always been like one of those constants for me. Mm -hmm. Now, when I moved around a lot as a kid, I wasn't watching a lot of wrestling, but like we were military. I had my family, I had my sister, like we would move around together. And then, you know, when I first moved away from home for college, by that time I had been watching wrestling And so that became like this constant for me where it was like, okay, well, I don't have my family. I don't have my friends, but I've got my friends in the TV box. I know what's going on with them, you know? Um, And it was the same when I moved, um, uh, the anniversary of me moving to LA is coming up. It was the same thing when I moved to LA from Seattle, which I had been there for like, you know, ever, 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 ever. That was like when women's wrestling was really, really becoming a thing, like a real thing, not a bathroom break thing. Um, it was when like Tote Steves was getting big and it was before Totes Bells started. And so, yeah, like it was a big deal. Um, and it was just something where it was like, again, like I'm, my environment has completely changed. I was like, I moved here with like, fucking all the clothes i could fit inside a couple of suitcases and that was it Mm -hmm. i'm sleeping on an air mattress in a bare room with no curtains um i'm using a towel as a blanket and like some clothes as like a pillow but there was like this thing you know i had like this thing i had no possessions (laughs) but i had a cell phone and then like in the place because i moved in with some roommates you know there was wrestling and then my roommates at the time like part of the reason why we bonded is because we were all marks And so that was something that kind of helped me get through that. And every time there's been like a big breakup or something that's happened, now something that I watch a lot as a comfort is I'll go back and watch China's IC run, Mm -hmm. um, her her run up to the title, because that always makes me feel good, especially the the match with her and fucking Jeff Jarrett always (laughs) makes me feel good. A good housekeeping match? Yeah, just like a little bit of a, because I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Fuck everybody. A belt does belong in the kitchen. A belt is a household item. Fucking, it, it is right. in my house. You wear it everywhere. Yeah, you wear it everywhere. It's like if you were, you know, like, look, my parents are sword people. If you're a sword guy, <laughs> then a sword is part of your fucking house. It's a, it's a household yeah. item. You think Drew leaves his uh, his giant claymore outside of the kitchen? He brings it in there when he's having a snack. Yeah. How else do you think that he's cutting his grilled cheese sandwiches? <laughs> also, just the Kevin Owens part of it. What a good... What a good guy. Just a good dude. I think we Just tend really to put famous people or people who we see on TV a lot on a pedestal and imagine yes. that their their entire lives revolve around being famous. And there may be people like that, but in my experience, by and large, people who, who are successful at any level of entertainment are still human beings mm-hmm. and... 
the ones who are good human beings are still great human beings and will do things like that, will go out of their way, will take extra time. And Kevin Owens has always seemed to be a good husband, a good dad, Mm -hmm. and just a good person who knows how to play his role extremely well. He also happens to be fantastic at his job. It is a wonderful story that's not surprising in the least. He knows that a few minutes for him means a lot to yep. to the person who receives it. So for the rest of their life. Exactly. No matter what you're no matter who you are, what you're going through, like that one minute is gonna be something that you keep with you the rest of your life. That's amazing. Yes. Wrestling touches all of our lives in different ways. If you want to share a story about your special wrestler, please email it to Julian at maximumfun.org. That's J-U-L-I-A-N at maximumfun.org. When we come back, we've got some things from wrestling you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Ludlin and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford. This week we're going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? Um, you know, anytime uh someone dog walks Ric Flair, <laughs> I'm gonna be like <laughs> Super, uh, uh, super, super pumped about it. So Ric Flair just like can't keep Becky Lynch's name out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, just like constantly talking about Becky Lynch, tweeting about Becky Lynch, even when no one has mentioned him. And basically everyone is like, hey, uh, remember, uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about you right now because uh, finally someone spoke up about the some of the shitty things that you have done. But of course, like he's got to bring up Becky. And so he does. And so once again, Becky gets on fucking Twitter and writes, work so hard, your heroes become your rivals. Then become so good, Ric Flair loses his mind every time you breathe. Becky Lynch, February in 2022. <laughs> oh, so good. Good for him. He got the attention that he wanted, so he got it. Yeah. But again, Becky is so good at like just shutting that stuff down immediately. Um, because Becky, once again, and it's funny because I remember back before Becky was the man, we all used to say, like, Becky is winning social media. And then we would watch people kind of follow her lead mm-hmm. and do a lot of the, like, building of stories that she was doing on social media. She was like, you know, it, it, obviously we make fun of Zack Ryder, but whatever. Like, obviously, like, he was a vanguard when it came to this. Mm-hmm. Um, not vanguard one, but a vanguard. And uh, Becky is also was one of the people who really embraced social media outside of tout. 
and made sure to uh, continue to push storylines and all of that other stuff. And then you watch a lot of other people start doing it too. At least like, obviously like indie folks have always used whatever they could use to get ahead. But she was one of like the first, yes, one of like the first big like WWE folks to be like, hey, like I'm going to start using this thing to my advantage because it's free and it's here. So, yay. Fantastic. I want to put over the lighter side of social media, which is a photo that you can find on Twitter.com. I think a bunch of other places, too. It might be on Instagram also. Of Candice LeRae's baby shower. Yo. With a bunch of the NXT gals. Dakota Kai is there. Indy Hartwell is there. Uh, EO is there. It's just lovely to see everybody together. And it also, they have a banner they put up that says Heartbreak Kid. Maybe and it's their wrestlers and it's what they love and it's just beautiful. It's so good. And the other thing is not wrestling related, but I want to put it over anyway because it's exciting for me. I I don't know if you're aware of this, Danielle, but I come Mm -hmm. from a hard scrabble town in the East Coast called Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Never heard it. Never heard you talk about that. Well, good. I'm going to get into it now. I've been a Philadelphia sports fan my entire life, and the last time. My beloved 76ers won a world title. I was six years old. It was 1983. The year prior to them winning the title, they made a trade for a former MVP in Moses Malone, who was the man who predicted fo 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 the year that they went and beat the Lakers for the mm-hmm. title. And they've had some trades since then that were that were big big trades. The Jimmy Butler trade was a big one. Andrew Bynum was a big deal at the time, but nothing to the level of what happened yesterday at the trade deadline when we shipped out the ghost on our team that is Ben Simmons to the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. Not only a top a top 10 to 15 player this year, but a first ballot Hall of Famer, four-time scoring champion, and former MVP. It could wind up being terrible in a couple of years, but in this moment, I just want to enjoy the fact that one of the greatest players in NBA history wanted to come play in my city. That never happens. I'm very excited for you. Genuinely, no shit talking. I'm very excited for you. No, god damn it. We made an agreement. I'm not allowed to make this joke anymore. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's right. Don't even don't let that horse poop cross your mouth. And don't it wasn't, ooh, it wasn't keep... ever my it wasn't ever my mouth that was the problem. Ah, I didn't don't no, try no, 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 that was just that was just responding. I was responding. <laughs> damn it. For those of you who don't understand this, um, no, don't explain it. Don't. We're not delving back into it. Go listen to the episodes of early 2018. You'll know exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Because it Julian, was in all of them. Julian, outside of the amazing news of James Harden being a Philadelphia 76er, what's going on in your world? Yeah, what's the horse poop of your world? I was about world, to say I met a great horse today. No, um, <laughs> and if the Rams win the Super Bowl, baby, it's time for L and L. Solid anus on that horse. Really going to pop out some apples. Come on, Buttercup, let's go. Victory awaits. <laughs> I am. Very I fed upset you a meat lovers to... pizza from Little Caesars. I'm really upset. I'm not allowed to participate in this. This uh, is really angry. <laughs> uh, no, uh, my thing that I'm going to put over is um, so today one of my favorite. Um, uh, uh, musicians frank turner just released a new album uh just came out literally today 
got me thinking about some of his great like uh, other songs that I've listened to over the course of this pandemic. Because Frank Turner was also the last concert that I got to go to uh, before everything shut down. So mm. great serendipity. And one of the songs he played uh, is this song called The Next Storm. It will be based on the tattoo I eventually get one day. Uh, it's mm. like, the, and the reason is because the chorus in a terrible bit of serendipity is I'm not going to uh, spend all of my life indoors. I'm going to step out and and face the next storm. That's how the song ends. Um, and it's based, the chorus goes on that. And it's a play on that. And it, that chorus hit way different after the pandemic hit. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope it's not James Storm, because if it's James Storm, he's going to push you in front of a train. No, it's just, there's a name I haven't heard in a long time as I smoke my cigarette. No, um, uh, it was, uh, you know, so I've, I've been thinking about that song a lot. And the other thing that makes it related to wrestling is because if you go back and watch the music video, you will notice that the whole thing is kind of based in a in kind of a wrestling ring. And who does Frank Turner wrestle in it than one Mr. CM Punk years before he made his way back to wrestling and years after he had left WWE. It's just Frank Turner wrestling CM Punk and pulling off the upset in a great way. Uh, so I think about that song a lot over the last two years, and I still do to this day. So I'm going to go listen to it. I will leave the link in the, in the show notes so you can go watch it and uh, maybe listen to Frank's new album while you're at it because it's really good hell yeah man get your comfort yeah do it that does it for this episode of tights and fights this week your hosts were daniel radford along with me hal lublin who you can follow on social at hal lublin and find out about all the things that are going on because that's where i'll talk about it danielle um yes also follow me on socials so uh as i mentioned earlier if you enjoy ttp rpgs or if you just like like really kind of you know fun well i don't know if it's fun but if you like watching people do kind of long form improv oh god that makes it sound douchey too anyway telling a really fun story over on fear hq um uh amc's i believe the twitch channel follow me and i'll put some stuff up there also Horror-wise, I have been working um, on a companion podcast for the CW show called Two Sentence Horror Stories. It is me and my co-host, Megan Rosati. We interview people who are involved with the show, whether it be um, executive producers, the creator of the show, or the the different people who work on every episode because it's an anthology series. And because this is what genre does so well, a lot of these are connected to different kind of social issues, but not in a way that like hammers you on the head. Like we had one episode that aired that's about like, you know, two elder ladies and dealing with like being older and lonely and like maybe a little bit of elder abuse, but not like in a, but like in a, you know, uh, uh, in a genre way. And so sometimes we'll also have people who actually understand and know what these big topics are and they can talk us through that as well. And it's funny and it's fun. And if you love horror, like get into it. It's super great. Also, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, Obviously, congratulations, Keith Lee, for a lot of reasons. But congratulations on Keith Lee and Mia Yim's uh, recent nuptials because everyone looks super cute in those photos. I love it. (laughs) Oh, and also watch that thing that Lindsay put over last week. It is wild. And it's the only thing I want to talk about for the rest of my life. <laughs> Our producer is bad punny, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind her theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Find links to all of our social media channels in the show notes. And join us, won't you? If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Bites Podcast Tyson Bites
Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.